Do you, uh, do you want to do the yow this week, Kel? What, the yow? Yow! I'm very disappointed myself. Nah, you're, you're on board. That's it now. It's done. Do you think so? Uh, Do you think I'm just hiding it deep down? It's done now. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, good. Tell me about that uh, viral fart that you did in the office. Uh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Was it like <laughs> sinful? We're going to start that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, what's been happening? What's been uh, happening? Not, not too much. Just working away. Mm-hmm. Living the dream. Yeah. Been a while since we've done one of these, given the uh, the international break. Yeah, well... We'll talk about international football at some point because yeah. it is just fucking terrible, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. Um, right, football. 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 Football's properly back now. Uh, yeah, Foot- no. but like the the meat and veg of football. We've got a sustained period of like week after week football. Aye, uh, some midweek football as well, mm. which you know really puts a spring in the step of your Wednesday. Evening. Well, it just keeps you going. You don't have to wait Saturday to Saturday, so it's nice. Um, let's talk about the English Prem first of all. Liverpool five points clear. Yep. Because Man City have a bit of a crisis. Yeah, five points, the highest gap after five games ever. So do you, think, do you think that's it? Should we just all like call it a day? Leagues one. It's a big gap for five games. It is, mate. And uh, yeah, they've got a centre back crisis. I know. And I think. I don't know if we ever talked about it really, but yeah, they, they don't have enough centre backs. So Vincent Company has left, obviously. Um, they've had Laporte, who's kind of been the mainstay. Yeah. Um, Mangala, like obviously, wasn't heavily involved, but he was someone that you could like call upon. He's left. Um, Laporte is here for the season, or just the vast majority so of it. January, February now. Right. Okay. So who have they got left? They've got Otamendi mm. and Stones. Can they bring in like Demi Kellis or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Pull them out of retirement. Um, so they've got Stones and Otamendi, and is that it? That's it now. So they, what, they, they only had three recognised centre backs when they started the season. Really? Yeah. Is there anyone young? Well, it's, it's Man City, so it's <laughs> Right, so. You'd yeah, probably I, convert David Silva into a centre back rather than play a young guy. So they've got these these two guys. Otamendi, I was actually surprised to see him play. I thought he'd gone at some point. Like no. it was just that far out of favour really that he's kind of been called in from the wilderness and now they're depending on him. I, d- I don't know if he's been out of fit. Fa- well, I suppose he has been out of favour, but hasn't been the first choice certainly. Uh, when, when, I think the first title we went in season for Pep, he was really good. Yeah, no, he did. He played a lot obviously, but that that was the point I guess was that you just saw him as like one of the starting 11 each week and then all of a sudden he wasn't there or he yeah. was just playing the well, League Cup well, games or well, something like Laporte that Laporte came in at that stage mm. and really uh, state to claim to take to be the first choice really mm. uh, still not capped by France and at Laporte right? really? yeah he's, he's eligible for Spain alright so you might see that happening at some point yeah but anyway not just now because no. he's crocked um, um, well what I was going to say is John Stones I like John Stones right? I think he's really good um, and I think massive like career ahead of him in, in the game but I think he needs someone next to him that's going to give him the confidence to because he's a, he's a ball playing centre back and he needs somebody next to him that is just going to win the headers yep. get the foot in make the blocks and allow him to be that kind of that centre back that, that you know does some of that stuff but generally they get the ball to him and he starts something I don't think Otamendi at 5 foot 7 or whatever he is is the guy that's going to do that is he? No and I think this is I, I like John Stones as well I think mm. he's a really really tidy centre back but I think in recent times there are there are signs that you think 
you should really start start been starting to get, grow out of this now. Mm. You know, he, he really cost England in the Nations League. Yeah. We're talking about national football, but the Nations League was a bit of fun yeah. in terms of international football and it was a chance for England to go out and win something mm-hmm. and he gifted Holland a goal. Yeah. He might have gifted Holland two goals. Mm. We've just we've just tried to be too casual. I just try to be a bit too clever. I remember when he was at Everton, I remember one like clip in particular where he was just trying to do way too much at the back and he got away with it but the fans were like what are you doing and he was like telling them to calm down as if to say look I'm the man I'm in charge here and that only works when you haven't had these fuck ups and when you've started to make these mistakes and cost your team goals the pressure just mounts and mounts on you and he needs to like centre backs are there for a purpose and it's not to be massively creative and skillful and you know have a great passing range brilliant if you've got all that but first and foremost, you prevent your team from conceding goals. And Stones has got a lot of really positive attributes, but I've always thought he needs that big commanding guy, a Vincent Company or a Laporte next to him. And I think it's going to cause real, you know, real issues for City if it's if it's him and Otamendi and that's it. Yeah, and I think at two one, you know, City found their way back into the game after going two goals down. Mm-hmm. Just before they conceded the third goal, they had. The, the two of them made a mess of it mm-hmm. and Timo Pukki was straight through on goal mm. and he missed it mm-hmm. it was just he, he ran distance to the pitch and obviously ran Not out of legs it. for the, the finish mm-hmm. but that had been a warning and it, at that stage in the game it was you're going whoa what are you doing and mm-hmm. then it happened again, it happened straight after and Man City are out of the game at that stage yeah. and Man City are incredible so 2-1 you back them actually come back and win the game yeah Three to three one. It's a bit. And as the game's ticking on, and with those two guys at the back who are clearly lacking in, in a bit of confidence. Yeah. Well, what do you think is going to happen then? Do you think they're going to drop more points? Um. Well, if it keeps going the way it does, I mean, generally, I, f- I think they got a bit of a fright when Norwich turned up at Carrow Road and mm-hmm. had a go mm-hmm. at them. They're not. They're not used to that. Norwich turning out to be a really effective attacking outlet. They're doing well. So, I, f- I think. From here, it'll probably die down again, mm. and we might see mistakes here and there. But you know, it's it's a case of Man City don't generally have these issues mm. of like losing control. It's just it's very it's very on Guardiola to not have you know people in reserve, like good people in reserve who have been you know he's, he somehow manages to keep their confidence up. He somehow somehow manages to have depth and not have people causing an issue because of it and it's very unlike him to have this problem now but you know what we're going to see and see towards the end of last season Liverpool and Man City were winning every single game and you couldn't drop any points and one defeat two defeats three defeats I think is massive because I think they're going to keep doing that I don't think they'll I don't think they'll both amass as many points as last season but they will both win a lot of points and you know City to be five points off the pace already it's it's got to be a worry for them and it's got to be a worry for everyone else other than Liverpool because let's face it it looks like it's one of them two again I, 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 I kind of hinted at this at the start of the season in terms of what Liverpool and City have been doing you know City for two years at that stage Liverpool for 18 months mm. isn't normal mm. it, like, it's very very hard to maintain that level of winning and winning and winning mm-hmm. And at some stage, the wheels kind of fall off, and that might only happen for a month or so, but that yeah. could be enough to, to, to totally ruin it. It's mm-hmm. really difficult to win three titles in a row yeah, in the English Premier League. Yeah. So, like, Ronaldo 
did that for United, mm. in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. there was just those years where he was... Just so exceptional. He, just United felt bulletproof because they had Ronaldo on the pitch mm-hmm. and he would just absolutely destroy the place. So, yeah, it's it's opened up for Liverpool now. It well, it's, it's you know it's a long way to go, but you could look at it as it's entirely in their hands. They've got a five point advantage. They've got all the sort of riches of Manny, Salah, Firmino, who seems to be doing really good things. They've got a solid team there, and yeah, it's, it's there for them now that that Man City have have this issue. So we'll just we'll just see what happens. But it's an interesting issue. This whole centre back thing and playing out from the back and all that kind of stuff. Something else that you wanted to talk about because. Where you know we've seen this new rule introduced this year, where goal kicks the ball doesn't have to come outside the box, and we're seeing teams try to be a little bit clever about it. Yeah, um, centre backs are coming right to the six yard box, either side of the keeper, just to receive the ball and then start something. And have we seen that result in anything positive for the team that's doing it yet? I mean, th- there's obviously a reason teams are doing it, mm. and it boils down to it boils down to why teams play it from the back to mm. begin with. It's just possession yeah. you keep possession if you hold down to it uh, mm-hmm. in the back line but this thing where the the guys the centre backs are receiving the ball so close to the goal mm-hmm. and I don't know Jamie Vardy for example Jamie Vardy can close that space yeah, very 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 quickly yeah. so I, <laughs> it's an interesting one right because I've, I've grown up where goal kicks keeper has put the ball down taken a few steps back and run up and just kicked it as far as you can and yeah you're just tossing it in the middle of the park and you might win it or you might not but it's just a bit of a rammy and it's just a bit of right who gets the ball let's see this is all about um, and you've seen it over the last few years certainly teams have gone out and they've been all about right if we've got the ball you're no scoring so if they pass it out from the back okay they might be under a little bit of pressure but it's basically saying we trust our players to keep possession here and work our way up the park and this new rule has meant that you know you can do it in an even more intensified way and like you said it's right on top of your own goal and you know I think people are just thinking right it's there now we can do it so let's try and do it and see what, what happens but look at what happened with Arsenal yesterday I, I, th- I think in, in terms of uh, especially for the bigger clubs if the bigger clubs aren't, be, aren't seem to be doing that mm. they're kind of reprimanded for like, oh you're, you're just hoofing it long all the time you're mm. not doing what Man City do like yeah. guiding it out the back I, I, I like a bit of variation mm-hmm. I like okay you can do that as well as knocking into midfield and like get, I, getting your midfielders to contest a, <laughs> do you know that, that's the thing there is a, there's an art and there's a skill in being strong and being good in the air and you know taking advantage of that and you know dominating teams physically as well as you know being able to pass the ball like, so. say Tottenham Tottenham have the option to go long to Harry Kane mm-hmm. And if Harry Kane knocks it down, it's Ericsson, it's Lucas Moura, Son, mm-hmm. you know, kind of feeding off those scraps. Mm-hmm. And that, that means they're f- much further up in the park. I don't know. It's it's obviously what uh, Pep's preferred all his career, the Spanish, the great Spanish teams that won the Euros and the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've always done. And I just think a lot of people are getting too hung up on that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, Arsenal yesterday really really suffered out, out of it mm-hmm. they, you know they gave the first goal to Watford yeah. and from that point on they totally lost their heads well they're in that they're in that sort of dangerous 2-0 up position where you can get a little bit complacent you can get a little bit sure of yourself and that is exactly what happens and within the blink of an eye trying to be a bit clever and play this ball out at the back 
what's happened is they've conceded a goal. It's embarrassing. It's massively not their confidence. Fans are probably on their back because of it. And lo and behold, they concede again and drop three points or drop two points that they should absolutely should have had in the bag. And yeah, I, I just think that you know, don't want to sound like your dad watching football here, but it's okay to lump it forward every once in a while. Yeah, I, I think it keeps your opposition guessing. Yeah, if you're just if you're switching it around every so often. Yeah. One thing that really did frustrate me watching Arsenal yesterday and just. I'm obviously not an Arsenal fan, but mm. just as a from fo- a footballing standpoint, when when Leno did kick it long, mm-hmm. Aubameyang wasn't jumping for headers. No. He was standing off people, hoping he would get a wee bounce. And you can do that if you if you like read the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, nah, he's made a mess of this. Yeah. But he's six foot. Oh, he's a tall well, guy. He's a tall yeah. guy. But he's he, weedy and he doesn't. He's not physical, is he? He's, he's. But that's the thing. Maybe, maybe they did that a few times. Saw that he's not going to, you know, bother his arse, and, mm. and they maybe just thought, right, if we go along with this, we're giving possession back to Watford here. So let's try and keep possession. So maybe, you know, it's a combination right. of those things I, that have led to it. I think it's not good. I think uh, the best example I see is Liverpool. Mm. Sometimes Liverpool just knock it long. Yeah. And you, Liverpool fans might not want to hear that, mm. but. They do it in the best possible way, yeah. where they get Salah and Manny on a run, mm-hmm. and they just ping it in the corner. They don't win it all the time, yeah. but you know they turn defenders around and get them in a foot race with their most dangerous players. Aye, it's kind of targeted long balls that they know, right? So Salah, Manny, and Firmino aren't going to win many headers, but they know that you know the defense. As soon as they get it, if they get it, are going to be under pressure from these guys who'll be buzzing all about them, and it, and it's. It, it's okay to do that and I think Klopp's probably telling them it's okay sometimes to just get rid because if you're under you know immense pressure like that it can lead to you conceding goals and that's what we've seen yesterday with Arsenal but Arsenal are going to be fine aren't they because Bellerin and Tierney are going to come in and solve all their problems well I don't know I, th- I think if, if, if I'm being honest if, mm. I'm, if I'm an Arsenal fan in that situation that's mm. kind of a strike against Emery for mm. me mm. He, he's got to prove it this year that I, I think he's got well within his capabilities of the team he's got mm-hmm. how he's performed as a manager before to get that team in the top four you know he's got Man United and Arsenal uh, Man United and Chelsea chasing them and they're not at full strength they're relying a lot on kids mm-hmm. so if they don't make the top four I think the pressure's on him yeah I think so I I I don't know I, I predicted otherwise but I'm starting to look at Arsenal and just I don't think they've got the players I just don't think they've got the players I think they have some individual greatness in Obama Yang for example I think Ozo on his day is like really good um, you know there's there's three or four in there that I think individually are very good players um, but actually when you put it all together it's the grit I think yeah it's just, it just isn't really there and I think that you know looking at these defensive issues that they've had I think if you know Arsenal fans seem to be quite excited about Bellerin coming back um, they seem to be quite excited about um, you know Tierney uh, coming in I think if you're excited about those two coming in and expecting them to show it all up then I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed but you know we we need to see we need to give them that opportunity but um, yeah playing it out from the back like that and conceding sloppy goals ain't, ain't going to help them nope and Manchester United have caught up with them now they've ground out a little result haven't yeah, they they're a point ahead I think. are they yeah so so it, it, it turns around very quickly ah, at, this, at this stage it does it turns around really quickly and it, all it takes is grinding out an important result like that to actually get right back in the mix um, so so yeah and that was a good result for Man United you pretty yeah. pleased with that? I, I'm happy enough mm. I mean when you 
if we don't have the penalty, you mm. don't really know what happens. But in terms of, uh, it's the first time in a long time that I've seen a defensive performance. Mm-hmm. I thought Lindelof had a shaky moment with uh, Madison right yeah. start. The hair saved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought Maguire was was great. And if I'm being truthful, I haven't been massively overawed with Maguire so yeah. far. I don't think anyone has, but I think this was the first game where it seemed like he was pretty commanding. I, I didn't see the game, but you know, from reports that I've read and stuff that I've heard, it sounds like he actually you know, started to look like the player that, that they've signed and that they've hoped he would be. So it's one performance, and he would have been fired up for that performance given yeah. it's the team that he came from, but you know, that's got to be good signs, hasn't so, it? So yeah, it was him, Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka was great again, mm. and uh, McTominay. McTominay kind of showed what he could be in this mm. Man United team, where he was going into things full-blooded, mm-hmm. he was having a bit of a dig at some of the Leicester players mm-hmm. at every opportunity, and just a bit of gritted teeth yeah. towards it. So, yeah, uh, a clean sheet, and it's obviously convinced David to hate Steve. Well, yeah, that news has, has broken today, something you'll be very excited about to hear, a new long-term deal. Yeah. I didn't realise he signed in 2011. Yep. So he's, he's not far off like a testimonial. Yeah, I think it'll be 14, 13 years if he sees out the contract and some Man United fans aren't very happy about it because mm. th- they're just talking about oh well he made a few mistakes at the end of last year and mm-hmm. um, it's probably time to get rid and we'll go get all black and I don't know what people what people's experience of Man United has been yeah. for the last 10, 15 years mm-hmm. but we wouldn't go get all black we'd see Sergio Romero yeah. the number one uh, yeah, no. so getting him down and in my opinion he's got well 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 enough value mm-hmm. uh, with the performances had to over be time <laughs> for I think, given a few mistakes yeah I think um, <clears throat> something you said earlier because I did say it to you when, when you know this news broke I said as you know sort of developed a bit of a habit of just chucking the ball in the back of the net <laughs> and um, you kind of made a point that he's had this whole sort of uncertainty of his future hanging over him for a while and I think it's probably weighed on his mind a little bit so you would like to think that having resolved that now he's, that's one sort of big weight off his shoulders that he can actually go and focus on you know, being a good goalkeeper again and that's not to say he hasn't been a good goalkeeper because he still produces some unbelievable saves but um, yeah, I think it's something that maybe United just need to be a little bit wary of because there has been a sustained period now where quite regularly he's had you know, I can't think of too many absolutely monumental ones, but some pretty like there was, standard. Things. There were some pretty terrible ones towards the end of last year. Yeah, I think just some. You know, even just Palace earlier this season, some shots that he just should be saving. Yeah, um, that were somehow getting through him. And I don't know if it was a combination of what was going on in his mind, the fact that he clearly wasn't that confident with the defence in front of him. I think it looks like from the back forwards, Man United have, have tried to build this summer, and they've tried to put in some guys that are going to give De Gea confidence and then they've tied him down. So I would expect that that's going to end well for United, but you never know. And then going forward, it it means January. I think Man United fans need to expect something to happen in January. Yeah. To but they're expecting, well, this is the thing, they're not expecting something to happen every window well, and it never quite happens. Well, well this is the thing. I mm. think there's going to be a bit of upset mm-hmm. if nothing comes in in mm-hmm. January. Mm-hmm. Just even a, a few minutes more, like a midfield option to you know ease that or ease that worry a little bit yeah right you mentioned McTominay and I want to talk about him later but let's go into something else the Chelsea youth crew yeah spearheaded by Tammy Abraham they're starting to come have, come good a lot I, of it I think all the Premier League goals have been scored 
buy youth products. I might be wrong with that. Is that right? I think so. Well, that's incredible if it I if it is. Tammy's on eight. He'll yeah. I don't know, but he's he's going to be on on high numbers. I think he's got something like. Is it not seven goals in the last three games or something, something like that? Yeah. So you know he's he's looking really good, and if if to me it feels like he's been around for a little while because I, I watch quite a bit of the English Championship, and last two seasons particularly he's been very good in that at that level. Yeah. Um, so I was really surprised to see that he's only just twenty one. Um, you know, one of the youngest players to score a Premier League hat trick in in the last few years, um, and a good hat trick as well. Like took his goals yeah, really yeah. well. Um, and by the way, playing against Wolves away from home, who mm. are decent, so it wasn't um, you know it was no no mean feat at all. Um, what do you think of him? What do you think of Abraham? Do you think he's going to be a, a good player for Chelsea? Yeah, well, I, f- I think in terms of when it comes to stepping up in mm-hmm. the first team, it's always about that impression you lay to begin with because. Mm-hmm. If you get to five or six games where you're not doing very much, mm-hmm. your opportunities will start to go. Yeah. And obviously, I think he had the first few games of the season where it, it looked like it was playing on his mind a bit. Yeah. It looked like it was getting to him. Mm-hmm. And then he got the two goals and his nerves seemed to settle. Some of the goals that he took on Saturday, was it Saturday? Yeah, just on yeah, Saturday. Saturday. They were, they were superbly taken. Yeah. You know, like shifting... The ball away into space to finish. Mm-hmm. He, he got a header, didn't he? Yes. It's amazing the confidence that just a goal or two gives a striker. And I think particularly a young guy coming through like that who is already in his career used to scoring goals. Obviously, this is a massive step up and you're you know, the centre forward for Chelsea. But you know, we talked about him before. We were basically saying, nah, he's not ready. I think Giroud's there. He should be playing. I actually think as long as he's doing that, you've got to keep him in the yeah, team. Yeah, you, you can't, him. you can't, you can't do and anything. Th- and else. then also, you've got Drew coming off the bench at that stage, mm-hmm. and that's a great option. Yeah, absolutely. He's, the amount of goals he scored off the bench mm-hmm. in recent years have been great. Um, they've also got Mason Mount, who's just continuing a great start to the season. He mm-hmm. looks, he, he looks like the type of player that England need in their national setup. Yeah. I, I don't know why Southgate is persisting with a Barkley Henderson. Mm. Declan Rice that's a young guy mm-hmm. dropping in Barkley hasn't earned the right to be starting for England nah and if, if you now look at the fact that these two guys are going to be competing at Chelsea as well you know that can only last so long if Mount is you know playing more regularly than Barkley and doing better things than Barkley then you'd imagine it becomes harder and harder for Southgate to justify playing the other one over him but you know different managers different systems different personnel all that kind of stuff they've got their own opinions did you, don't they? Did you see the young centre back school no oh it was glorious it was a 40 yard curler mate who was that uh, oh the Simico yeah it? yeah no I did see that actually that was amazing <laughs> yeah it was good did I just realise it was a centre absolutely nowhere yeah. as well <laughs> well Chelsea I think we were a little bit sort of not concerned because I don't really care about them, but we were kind of maybe expecting them not to be up to much this season, given you know the transfer ban, the transition to new manager, sort of relatively inexperienced manager, reliance on youth. Actually, I think they might be pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, it's exciting. I think once you kind of get over the the fear of not being able to bring in new players, yeah, you take a step back and go, well, there's quite a crop here. Mm. What can they do? And mm. it, and it might actually teach Chelsea a lesson in the long run yeah. of like let's not always look to spend 30 million on some Serie A left back mm. or something like that like they had that Zappa Costa yeah. who came in and went out again mm-hmm. uh, maybe just play a young guy and see mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's you know it might actually end up a bit better Tammy Abraham 
seems to be the example so far this season. I, I, I think it gives the, the fans a much better connection mm-hmm. with the players as well because I don't know about you but when the guy comes through and he's a teenager and there's nerves there it's a lot more relatable and mm. you can get behind the guy a lot yeah. more than the 26 year old player who's already got in. all yeah. the money yeah. that he's going to earn in yeah. life yeah. so it's the motivation is there for the young guy mm-hmm. and if they start showing up it, f- it actually feels a lot better uh, it does. yeah yeah you, you almost want to cheer a goal more like mm-hmm. in a strange way you know they, they count for just the same and they matter just the same to your team but it kind of means more to you if it's a, a guy that's come through the youth system and all that kind of stuff now it's good it is good to see because you know after everything that went on with after the super cup and everything like that and the sort of abuse that abraham got i thought he's going to retreat we're not going to see much for him this season and the fact that he's I don't know if he's using that to sort of drive himself forward, but you know if he is, fair play to him because he's doing he's doing a great job so far this season, and I think he's he's become that number one striker for for Chelsea, which maybe we didn't expect to see. So, so fair play, right? International football. <laughs> how how shit is international football? It's 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 brilliant when it's in the summer and there is no football. Yeah, to a, get a, world away. Cup, a World Cup's great. A World Cup is great, right? And I watch the World Cup and, you know, the Euros, to a slight lesser extent, yeah, I get on board with that and everything. And I think it's cool if you're away on holiday and, like, you're able to have a drink during the day and watch football games and all that, it's great, right? But see these international games during the season and, you know, I think particularly if you're a Scotland fan, but I'd imagine it's just equally as dull if you're an England fan because they're just winning against, like, nothing teams, and it just disrupts real football from being played. But what I want to talk about, right, is I don't care, right? I'm a fan. I'm a football fan. I don't care about international football. And I think that people like me, like there's more and more of them starting to say that. I can't be asked for this. But players, do they care about international football? I, I, I've had a bit of a feeling about this for a while. Mm. Scot- Scotland's best players sometimes just don't appear yeah. when it comes to that time. Yeah. And they, they, in more than one way, sometimes mm. they'll just pull out mm-hmm. because it, they see it as a chance to have a rest yeah. and, you know, rest any niggles mm-hmm. that they're carrying. And particularly if they're, this is not to get all like Scottish independency, but particularly if they're Matt Ritchie, who actually is English, right? Yeah. And has lived in England all his life. And when he was first called up, he was like, oh, I've never been to Scotland before. Like, doesn't care. He doesn't care. It was just like, oh, I'm going to get international recognition on my CV and that might help me get a move to a slightly bigger club. Lo and behold, he's at Newcastle and he never turns up for a squad now. It's it's things like that that, that wind the life out of me. And, you know, you talked about McTominay had a really good game at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So why was he shite for Scotland? <laughs> because Scotland are shite. Yeah, I know, I know. But, right, that's always been the excuse for... And that's probably him coming down to his actual more natural... <laughs> yeah, well, per- perhaps. <laughs> but that's always been the case for us. Oh, Scotland are shite, right? But now you've got Andy Robertson, who's a Champions League winner. Um, now, I'm not expecting him to turn out Liverpool performances when playing for Scotland, but I'm expecting him to be a heck of a lot better than he has been. You've got McTominay, who's playing for Man United and turning out good performances. Um, you know, if you just look at... This weekend just gone, you've had James Forrest scored for Celtic, Kenny McLean scored against Man City, um, Ollie McBurney scored, albeit sort of ruled out eventually by VAR, absolute borderline decision, but he scored for Sheffield United in the Prem, Ryan Fraser scored for Bournemouth, um, 
Kenny McLean, as a kind of example, was like had absolute rings run around him by Kevin De Bruyne and a team of you know a much higher standards um, when he was playing for Scotland. And all of a sudden, he, go, he goes up against a team um, that has a Kevin De Bruyne you know, level of player in, it, in Man City at the weekend, and De Bruyne came on, and somehow all of a sudden he can compete with them. Yeah. How how does that happen? I don't know. I I, I always look at the management team that we have in place, mm. and it just seems to be. All the old boys, Aye. all the Scottish old boys, yeah. and there's a sense of pride that the national team is managed by a Scottish guy. Mm. Me and you spoke when uh, spoke about it when Strachan and McLeish went. It's like, mm. well, how about something different? Yeah, and I know that like, the last time something different, we got Bertie votes, and it was a disaster. But no, but see the thing is, right? Everyone goes on about this Bertie votes disaster. Everyone says, oh, what a failed experiment that was, and forevermore we can't have a foreign manager. Bertie votes got us to a playoff. Mm-hmm. Bertie Vogt was the last manager the last Scotland manager that got us to a qualification playoff he was mm-hmm. um, no one's done it since um, you know you've had scenarios where Walter Smith got us a wee bit close mm-hmm. in a group and stuff like that Bert, the last playoff we were in Bertie Vogt was the manager so you know if we talk about that being an embarrassment and a failed experiment what's ever, what have all this yeah. old guard done since then absolutely and, and you know it's just it's about going out and getting new ideas mm. and the when they were looking at getting a manager in. Everybody talks about Scotland. Mm. Look at Northern Ireland. Yeah. Look at what they've got. Mm-hmm. They make the best of what they've got yeah. and they pull it together as a team and then get results that way rather than d- relying on really good players. Aye, 100%. And, and the first thing that they try to do was, oh, well, we'll just get their manager. Yeah. And it's, it, it looks it's, embarrassing. It's <laughs> I, I mean, I'm talking as if I care here. I don't. I would much rather international football was just completely scrapped altogether. I would even take the World Cup and the Euros being scrapped to get rid of this nonsense during the mm. season. I would love it. You know, I, ideal world, you'd still somehow have a World Cup and a Euros, um, you know, and Copa America and everything else without all this qualification. I, I, th- I think that's what really needs to happen. They need to figure it out. Mm. They need to figure out this a better system mm. for qualification. Because... Watching all the good teams absolutely batter mm. all the small teams isn't fun. It's not good for like who wants to turn up? Do, do the players who play for the Faroe Islands mm. want to play for the Faroe Islands? Aye, exactly. <laughs> and, and this is the thing that comes back to actually, do the players care? And I don't know about you, right? These guys, their job is to play football, right? So they get paid to play football. And I know that they're doing what they dreamt of doing when they were growing up, right? But see if someone came to you and said, all right, you're a graphic designer, you're pretty good, I'd like you to go and spend a week doing graphic design away from your home, you're not going to get paid for it, but you know, you're know you doing it sort of in the honour of your country, um, would you do it? No. Exactly. You would expect more, you would expect some kind of you know mm. monetary return, and I know that's making it, it's a comparison that you can't really make and all that kind of stuff, but ultimately that's what it is. I saw one journalist tweeting last week, right? And they were praising the modern day hero Johnny Russell, who, you know, two or three times a season will make the 4,000 mile round trip back from Kansas City. You know, he hardly ever gets a game, and what a great guy that he's doing that. He's getting an all expenses paid trip home to see his family for a couple of weeks in the middle of the season. Yeah. And this is it, the mentality is all wrong when it comes to. Uh, you know, international football and the expectancy of these guys. It, it, people think that they are like bursting with pride to be playing for the national team. Only McBurney was caught on camera the other week saying it's a joke and he hates it. And you do? I never seen that. And then he, I, he was well, like, he can quite happily never play <laughs> because then, he's a joke. <laughs> but, then, but then he had to come out and be like, "Oh no, like you know, I, I didn't mean it. I was just having a laugh with my teammates." He was in the Sheffield United tunnel talking to John Fleck, 
caught on camera basically saying, I hate it. Like, you're lucky you've not been picked. And, um, you know, Scotland fans rightly in uproar about it. He goes and starts the next game, has a fucking nightmare, and then all of a sudden he's, you know, back. Um, and like I said, scoring a goal that was chopped off, but do it, by the sounds of things, actually had a pretty good uh, run out for Sheffield United at the weekend. It's just like Steve Clark, whoever it is, they're just, they're up against it with, you know, this kind of, you know, battle to convince these guys to be passionate about it because I just don't think people care. And if these players, if they're reflecting how much I care as a football fan about international football in their performances, then that's what it looks like. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a space for international football, but it needs to be kept away from the football that, you know, it, it's like being taken away. Aye. It is. It's just it's just a two week break in the middle of you know the season that just pisses people off. So what do you think? The high press should we start this campaign? End international football. I don't want to end it because I like the World Cup too much. Okay, okay. Because you don't. Because I don't want it. I don't want to end Zidane ending his career headbutting. I know. I know. I know. There's so many memories that come for the World Cup and tournaments like that. Right. Let's start a campaign between us, just you and me. End international. Football qualifiers that disrupt the proper football season. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't think you'd I can get, see that being a hack. I don't think you'd get anybody complaining about that no. if, if they just went right. We're just going to play. The season's not going to last quite as long, but we're just going to play all the way through. I had a debate with a few of my pals about like, oh, what would you rather? Like, your team wins the Champions League or your country wins the World Cup. And but we were talking about it as in like mm-hmm. I'm a Hearts fan, they're St Johnston fans or Hibs fans or whatever. And like there was only me and one other guy who said I'd rather my team win the Champions League. Everyone's like, oh how great would it be if Scotland won the World Cup? Like, no, that great. I'm not that arse. Honestly, um, I'm not arse. That's they're just both ridiculous. They are both ridiculous. They both be ridiculous in their own right. I know they are, they are both ridiculous and will never happen. I, d- I don't know if if Scotland if Scotland did well in an international tournament. I would love it. It'd be great. It'd be good. As, and it, as I think, would I. I think, Party atmosphere in the country and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But it's just, it's no worth all this. It's no worth, like, when was it, 98 last time we qualified for something? Yeah. It's not worth 21 years of these miserable games that just disrupt the flow of the football season. We've got, mate, we've got to get the campaign going. If this podcast achieves nothing else, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just, we've just talked there. We've just sort of slightly discussed the Champions League. It's back. It's back. So Liverpool going to win it again? Maybe. They're up there. They're absolutely yeah. up there with yeah. the favourites. Yeah. You know, I don't think Real Madrid have got their house in order. Mm-hmm. Barcelona, you know, have got the players, but now they've got this thing hanging over them mm-hmm. where the last two seasons mm-hmm. they've been in the driver's seat and completely threw it away. Yeah. And if PS, PS, PSG have shown mm-hmm. that that absolutely plays a part in the Champions League yeah, it's definitely. in the back of the minds mm-hmm. Cha- the Cha- Champions League for the last few seasons in my opinion has been spectacular mm-hmm. I've absolutely loved it and you just go in every every tie going I don't know what's, how yeah, this is going to pan out what's going to happen here do you know the thing was see up until maybe two seasons ago I was getting bored of it mm-hmm. because the last 8-16 was all the same teams and they were all Battling out little one nil, you know, one goal wins and stuff. Like that. It was like it was like watching defensive 
tactics training and I, I just thought I'm getting bored of this it's just but the last two seasons I've absolutely lit it up it's been and an you've, absolute shootout yeah and you've <laughs> just seen these like ridiculous things like Liverpool overturning a 3-0 first leg defeat to Barcelona to win 4-0 in the next yeah. and you know Tottenham scoring three goals and a half to somehow you know get past them it's just all been crazy stuff like that like the PSG Barca tie and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's exciting to have it back group stages I still struggle to get a little bit excited about because there's just so many games happening and there's still quite a disparity between the abilities of some of the teams but see when it gets to that knockout stage it's going to start getting exciting again hopefully yeah so who do you think's going to win it then? Eh, difficult difficult to predict Um I don't think it's going to be an English team. Um, I think... I don't know, actually. I don't know either. I, I actually can't... I actually can't. Liverpool, in the same way where like it's really difficult to hold up league form, mm. I just can't see three Champions League finals in a row mm-hmm. from Liverpool. I know. I, th- I think that has to come unstuck at some point. I'm not yeah. saying that just because I'm a Man United fan. Mm. It's just... Kind of law. Well, it's just, it's just an incredibly difficult thing to do three times yeah. in a row, isn't I mean, it? But, I mean, Real Madrid mm. did it, but that was with a freak team. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, yeah, could be Barca. Barca. I think if I, if I had to put money on a team just now, I'd maybe say Barca. But you know, it could be any one of those teams, and you make it a surprise package like Ajax again last season. Mm-hmm. Did I Celtic? Did Celtic make the group stage? No, no, they didn't. Did they? So it's no Celtic really like bashing back. Yeah. <laughs> it's been um, a while though. It's been a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, obviously Juve are there, but I feel like when it, bringing Ronaldo in to win the Champions League, it's too late. Yeah, it was just I, a wee. Bit I, th- too late. I think he can contribute. Yeah, definitely. And it all depends on whether the, the rest of the team around them can actually pull their socks up and mm-hmm. do something. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Bayern. Bayern. I don't fancy them at yeah. all. They're still. They still look like they're a bit in a bad period. Mm. So a few contenders. It's, it's, it's open, isn't it? There's no there one team. Want. There's no one team that's standing out, and you're thinking, yeah, it's definitely. Him. I actually would have would have fancied Man City if they didn't have this centre back issue. Yeah, but but then but, I think they'll get through the group regardless of that. So but Manchester City will absolutely throw stupid money at centre back yeah, come January. Exactly. And and they'll get I through th- the group. I think so. they're going to struggle. To pay less than what Man United did for Harry Maguire, Possibly. to get somebody in of any you know quality, they're that, not they're not going to yeah. go out and buy somebody temporary. They'll go mm. out and buy because I think it's, it is a position that they need. Yeah, they do need another to body. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, we'll see how it pans out. It's good but to have it back. It's good to have it back. It's good to have that glorious music. And it's going to be midweek games. Do you want to try singing it? No. Oh, okay, right. no. Did you hear Peter Crouch sing it? No. Have you heard the Peter Crouch podcast? I hate the Peter Crouch yeah. podcast. Yeah, but that was quite funny. Just it, getting like an opera behind him <laughs> and him singing that was quite funny. I, I never say. heard it, but uh, the Peter, the the thing that always struck me about the Peter Crouch podcast mm. is it sounded like he didn't want to be doing the Peter. Yeah, Crouch I don't think podcast. he was that arsed for it, but <laughs> we got money for it. Like the, the two guys were coming in, getting really excited to speak to him about stuff, mm. and he he quite often made comments about how he didn't really know what a podcast was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think of his um his wife? Aye, good. <laughs> right, we talked about them there, uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. So Messi did an interview this week, an interesting interview, um, where he basically said, "I was really keen to see Neymar back at the club in the summer." Um, there was also talk that the players had gone to the manager and the board and said, "We want you to go and get Neymar back." Um, he kind of said that that wasn't the case. It's just that their opinion had been sought. I'm not sure whether I buy that. But um, but anyway, he was pretty much making it clear that Neymar very much wanted to come back. No secret, I think Neymar said it himself. Yeah. Um, the players would have liked to see him back. 
Um, what do you make of it all? I I think it's something that the big chiefos at the Balgrana really need to start getting worried about mm. because he does not sound happy. Mm. And Barcelona without Lionel Messi, it drops down quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, I know. Especially when you look at how they've performed over the last few years and it has been through him pulling mm. them along. You know, get them out of situations quite often where he's obviously got the quality to do it. But there, there has. Do you know the chat about his contract? No. So there is a clause in his contract that he can leave mm, right, at the right. end of any given season, and the specifics of it aren't exactly out there. Yeah. We don't know if it's like well, you can't go to an, a major European rival. Like you need to go to Argentina right, okay. or America or something. But he has but, options basically to leave. Yeah. He's, not, he's not as tied into it as most players are with contracts. And and this this is the thing. It's it's been in Xavi's contract. It's been in Iniesta's contract. This is something that you know they tend to do for these players right and he just doesn't sound very pleased with it no and the Barcelona runnings haven't been great mm. of the last few seasons mm-hmm. you know you consider Coutinho who's now on loan yeah, at Bayern yeah. Munich mm. they've got Dembele who they signed for a ludicrous amount of money yeah not really playing straight that after like they sold Neymar yeah it's like as a reaction because like oh god we've got We've lost this incredible player, so we need to go find somebody. Yeah, he's never really fit in there. <sighs> player power is a big thing, isn't it? And Messi is the, like the ultimate. Like they need, they need him. But at the same time, they've got to at some point prepare for life after Messi. Yeah. Um. So it's a little bit of a difficult one. But um. Yeah. Him coming out and doing that interview was uh, being so vocal about his view and the view of the other players in the squad. It's just it was a surprise to me. But um. Yeah, I do think they've got a, lo- a little bit of a problem on their hands there. Did you see um, Neymar made his return for PSG at the weekend? Yeah, and just booed him. Yeah, but... <laughs> he scored an overhead kick. <laughs> booed him until the 92nd minute when he scored an overhead kick winner. Um, but did you see what he said? <laughs> what was it? He basically called PSG fans glory hunters. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, said, no. he came out and just basically went, well, that's what PSG fans are like, isn't it? Mm. So... He's just, he's not, he's not liked there, understandably, he doesn't want to be there, but, you know, I'm sure, you know how it is with football fans, they'll, they'll celebrate a goal if it's scored in the last, in the last minute, won't they, regardless of who scored it? I'm, I'm really surprised about the whole Barcelona thing, because if I'm in Barcelona shoots, mm. I would be taking a position of like, well no, you thought you were, you didn't want to be here, mm-hmm. and you decided that that was the place you needed to be mm-hmm. so we don't really want you back yeah that's this it's the Mark Nimmo stance isn't it no mercy yeah. for these yeah well <laughs> I, I, I agree with it in that sense yeah. it's, it's I think it's the, he, he said it about Coutinho to Barcelona and mm. I don't think you can begrudge Coutinho a move to Barcelona no totally but you can begrudge Neymar wanting to leave to PSG yeah. because he's not the main man and Messi is and I know, but I don't know if Neymar ever came out and said that. You sort of, you could suspect that that was his motivation. But see, at the same time, I do, I know exactly what you're saying. I think like the move was strange, but at the same time, Messi has received criticism throughout his entire career for never challenging himself in another league. And I think there's there's part of me that thinks Neymar saw the project at PSG. He obviously saw the pound signs, but he maybe was a bit interested in the project at PSG because it's taken, you know. A smaller club and trying to make something, you know, 
some, some kind of football superpower out of it and who wouldn't want to be a part of that so there was an element of you know I, I could understand some of the motivation behind the move um, but also you know I've got a great deal of respect for someone like Messi who has shown that commitment to one club over you know an entire career so a little bit of a difficult one but he's clearly whatever's happened Neymar hasn't enjoyed his time at PSG he's wanted to go back with his tail between his legs sounds like you know everyone wanted that to happen and somehow it just didn't get over the line so you know, it was going to be interesting to see what happens with Neymar for the rest of the season. Can't wait! Can't wait for the the last minute, three hundred million bid from Man United. Edward Ward, Edward Ward actually driving to Paris to pick him up. I just, I just don't, I just don't see that happening. Um, one thing I say about Neymar was he looked a bit chunky. Yeah. Like he's always been a skinny, like you know, guy, and he just looked a bit chunky. I noticed this about him last year. Mm. He, for for whatever reason, Neymar now looks old, mm. but he's always looked. Like a, a teenager, yeah, the young guy, and now all of a sudden he looks like he's had a hard paper round. Well, in terms of, in terms of a football, what is he? Twenty seven now. Yeah. So he's that's him, you know, in quotation marks in his prime. So in two three years time, he's an older member of a squad, and in four or five years time, he's on his way out. So he's got to really start thinking about where he wants to be, and maybe again, maybe that's a factor in some of the strange decisions that we've seen him make over the last couple of seasons. But. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, he's an enigma, isn't he? You just never quite know what's going to happen with him. Don't like him. I know you don't. I, <laughs> to be honest, I've really enjoyed watching him play sometimes. So, um, And, you know, he absolutely humiliated Celtic that one night as well. And you know how I feel about them? <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about a player who's made his first appearance of the season, though, uh, very quickly, Alexis Sanchez has made his first appearance at Inter. Um, how did he get on? He came over 10 minutes, he missed a sitter. And that's about it. Yeah. Not Man United's fault. No. It's just terrible. <laughs> How do you feel about Man United paying £175,000 last week uh, towards that sitter? No, not great. <laughs> not great. But, yeah. No, I know. But, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't destined to be at, at United anymore. It was, it was good that they managed to get rid of him somehow. But Did you, did you see Mourinho's comments about him? No. He just, he just said that he, he, he seemed sad and maybe he, he admitted maybe I couldn't get the best out of him, mm. but he just seemed a bit down upset <laughs> strange really strange mm. but anyway it doesn't look like the best of starts for uh, Sanchez at Inter no. unlike Romelu who is uh, doing well over there yeah but how do you stop him how do you, how do you stop him <laughs> what a comment that uh, guy's made no comment yeah. <laughs> does Romelu Lukaku regret going to Italy already it's just it's weird do you know what I've got I've got a mate staying out in, in Rome who goes to uh, a lot of games over there and we should get him on at some point. He said he's, he'd be quite keen to get on and he was wanting to talk about like managerial change and stuff like that in the summer over Italy. I'd quite like to just get an honest assessment for a guy like us who's living over there about this racism issue because it is so prevalent over there. You just see it every week. There's some other headline and you see guys like Moise Keane who's come over here and I think a big factor in that is the fact that if he's going to make if he's going to make it as a footballer, he doesn't want to be constantly up against monkey chance and even people in the media making comments like you know were made. If you didn't see it, the comment that was made by an Italian um, pundit at the weekend was, "I really like Romelu Lukaku. He's he's very good. I think the only way you could stop him is by putting ten bananas in front of him." Yeah, I mean, what a thing to say. And, and okay, they've, they've, they've taken this guy off the air and everything like that, but the fact that someone was put in a position to make that comment in the first place yeah. just shows the the issue that there is over there. And and yeah, for black players, I can't see the appeal in going and playing your trade in a country that has clearly just got an issue with, with you know, anti-black racism. Yeah. Conversely, 
Did you see Suez's comments on Moise Keane? No. In the last week? What's he said? Graham Suez, apropos of nothing, mm. claimed that Moise Keane clearly had an attitude problem and that's why he's left Juventus. How? Like, what was his attitude problem? Well, he, he basically said, he's a, if he's such a good young player, mm. he wouldn't have left Juventus. Mm. And that indicates to Suez that he has an attitude problem. The only time but I've seen he, him have an attitude was when, when he sort of faced up to fans that were giving him racist abuse. So if that if that's an attitude problem, then fine, I'm all for it. No, no, nobody kind of interjected going, well, you know, they've got a big wage bill and yeah. they needed the 40 million to help mm. out with their wage bill. Yeah. They seen him as something that they could deal with losing considering mm. they've got Gonzalo Higuain yeah. back in the team. So I think that's... It, it's still a thing in the British media as well and it tends to revolve around Sunez and yeah because he there was a certain the, type of player uh, there was there was the, the Pogba thing before let's not get into the realms of accusing someone of anything but yeah I think that there's just there's an older generation of pundit whose time generally has come you had I remember Mark Lawrence and referencing coloured players on Match of the Day and stuff like that. Like some of these pundits seem to have been sort of shuffled on a little bit to the retirement home and being kind of told, okay, right, we've 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 heard what you've had to say now, but and I'm surprised that Sunis is still hanging around, but I don't think we're going to see that for too long. And hopefully, the new modern pundit, more diverse, you know, you know, more you know brought up around different cultures type of pundit might you know we, we might see some of that stuff going away a little bit more but maybe this Italy thing something we should take a look into because it's doesn't seem to be going away does it no it's just it's shite to see really shite but uh, yeah you do wonder about guys like Lukaku who's got always what, guilty of going over there and scoring a load of goals so far yeah he's um, having to deal with that it's not good it's not no. good for football on from something that's not good to something else that's no good mate hearts and hips <laughs> I mean Starry weekend What a What a depressing State of affairs You said Last time we got together You said that You kind of keep a wee eye out For Hearts results Because You, you don't want me To come in In a huff um, You know I worked from home today mate Because I was not I, I shouldn't I just wasn't allowed To be around people today No No Neither should No Nobody likes to see that happen Everybody um, See You're a bit of a Bit of an outsider And you know Self-confessed Not you know, a big spectator of Scottish football, but I think you know enough about it. Um, and like you said, you've kept an eye out for, you know, how hearts are getting on. Um, how can Craig Levine, um, who has the third biggest budget in Scotland, probably, may- maybe fourth, Aberdeen are spending a lot of money at the moment, but third or fourth biggest budget in Scotland. Um, and I, I would argue managing the third biggest football club in Scotland. Um, how can he justify no league wins in 14 um, for that club how, how can he justify remaining in his position because he's got his feet under another sort of desk not just a managerial desk it's up on the board as well isn't he? I know but this this is like this is a massive problem and mm-hmm. like I don't know I don't know what we as fans can do about it I, I saw at the end of the game uh, on Saturday so Hearts lost 3-2 to Motherwell I'm sure all you people who tune in for you know, highbrow intellect around English football and what's happening in Europe. We'll be really looking forward to this section on Hearts that seems to be a regular feature. But Hearts lost 3 2 to Motherwell the weekend at home. Motherwell, a team who we actually did beat earlier in the season in a League Cup match. Motherwell, who are okay but are nothing fantastic. Hearts should not be losing that game. Given the money that's been spent, you know, the, the resources that we have, the level of player that we've brought in. 
Harsh should not be losing that game, but also, you know, if it wasn't for you know young Japanese guy coming on and having a bit of a spark, we would not have scored in that. Oh, did game. he come on and like make came, a came on, created one, and scored another? Mate. No, that's good. So you know, positive signs, but green um, shoots. Yeah, green shoots. No, like you know, one guy having a good game. You know, it, it then raises the question: Why did he not start? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And and this, this is the thing: is that Levine, you know, time and time again, is just making decisions that defy any kind of reason. He started a guy at the weekend, right, called Jamie Brandon, right. And I've got to be in my bonnet about this guy because he is shite, right. And we have seen young guys come in who look decent, like Harry Cochran and Anthony McDonald, who are now inexplicably out on loan to Dunfermline for a season. But this guy, Jamie Brandon, somehow... I'm talking about Dunfermline. Aye, we've loaned him out to Dunfermline, mate. What? Really? Like, exactly. This, like, this is a guy who, two years ago, when he was 16, absolutely yeah. ran rings around Scott Brown and commanded uh, you know, the centre midfield in a 4-0 win. All of a sudden, now he's on loan at Dunfermline. Hmm. And this is it's things like this that are the problem. You know, how can how can any manager look at that squad and think, right, see that young guy who's really good, I'm going to put him out on loan, but see this young guy who is... By the way, terrible, like so bad. I'm convinced I'm a better footballer than him, and I'm shite. Mm. He's somehow starting games. I, ca- I call that Marouan Fellaini syndrome. <laughs> but yeah, th- I'm, this I'm, is the. I'm better. I'm better than him. Somehow I'm better than him, but he's playing. <laughs> nah, but it's just it's so bad, and he can't. He just can't justify being in that position anymore. And the reason he can't is because he brought in a young guy called Ian Cathro, who had all the credentials as a coach. And Ian Cathro wasn't working. And Ian Cathro's Hearts team were losing games. And the fans didn't like him. And Craig Levine sacked him. Craig Levine's Hearts team is losing far more games. Craig Levine has had far more time to set this team up and get it ready. Um, And the fans dislike Craig Levine and what he's doing far more than they dislike Ian Cathro and what he was doing. So there is absolutely no way he can come out. And when he's asked these questions, he can't justify the fact that he's still in this position, and every week, and for the last two two and a half years, it's been I'm on the cu- I'm on the cusp here of getting something great. Like just be, you know, be patient with me because see when this all clicks into gear, it's going to be fantastic. How long do we have to have like the wool pulled over our eyes and listen to this nonsense? So, so, so the second campaign of this podcast is Levine out, mate. Well, so what's going to happen at the weekend is going to be a comfortable 3 0 win for Hearts, and you're going to see Hibs sack their manager. Well, will you continue on the field? <laughs> but this is the thing, right, is that Hibs are, you know, not equally because they've got a win first game of the season. Had they not got that, they'd be just as much in the mire as us. And Heckingbottom, the fans don't want him there. He's clearly destined to go as well. But what's happening this weekend is. Hibs and Hearts are playing each other. So one team is going to come out on top, on top in this, what I'm convinced will be the worst derby in world football ever. It's going to be, honestly, watch it, but watch it because it's going to be so bad. Like, the standard <laughs> is going to be so bad. And if, if you like a wee bet as well, get some money on high booking points in this game because it is going to be just two sets of players who don't know what they're supposed to be doing tactically, so they'll just uh, kick each other. Agricultural football, it's just going to be kicking up and down the park. A team's going to win it by a goal, I reckon. And I, this sounds terrible. I don't know if I want it to be my team that wins it by a goal because, as you said, that keeps you know Levine in the position for a period of time, and he shouldn't be in the position, mate. It's not. Hearts aren't going to move forward with him as the manager, director of football, and board member. And he is the the blind spot for Anne Budge. She needs to listen to what fans are saying. And I know you're listening. He can't stay in this job. He can't. 
Det kan be an unreasonable mate. No, yes to go. But um but yeah, it's not it's not good, mate. It's really not good. I'm you know, surprised that we're still going to this podcast at the moment when I'm so fucking depressed about football. Oh start the podcast now, so let's go we cry about hearts. A, a, a little cry Marine and tinged a, tears. A, a little cry and frankly, I think I need a little jobby as well. Mm, it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Great end to the pod. What have you got on over the next few days, mate? Work. Work, work, work. <laughs> you gonna sing again? Work, work, work. <laughs> I like it when I work, work, work. Yeah, absolutely. And and we should say as well, it was your birthday last week. Yep. Many happy returns, mate. Hello, getting did, old. Did you have a good one? It was great. Yeah. You know, you bought me a coffee. I bought you a coffee. That was nice of you. Like I, I, I quite regularly. I think we should say I quite regularly buy you a coffee as this part of the little a, syndicate that we've got going. But this was an, a fancy coffee. This was like you know other brands are available, but this was a Starbucks coffee, mate. Yeah, and, that, and those do not come cheaply. I put seven quid or something. I know. Just as well you make the medium, but oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that like regular joke that we're making now that probably is only really funny to us. But I like it, mate. So just work, nothing else. Watching football. Watching soccer. The the glorious return to the Europa League. Oh I think you'll remember the last time we were in the Europa League. We won it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> against it's against that wonderful Ajax team. Do you like? Do you like the Europa League? No. Nah, I mean, no. Uh, it could be interesting this year, in the same way as it should have been interesting the last time, where hopefully some of the young guys get a run out, mm. and there's a bit of a rotation. But if if we run out with like first teamers, it's gonna look a bit strange. Yeah, because well, I'd I'd rather go out. I'd yeah. rather honestly like give Angel Gomez, Dave yeah. Chong. I'd rather give them minutes mm-hmm. to show something. And it, even if they go out, aye, like, helps helps build up their experience, does it? But also, you know, you you'll go out and then you've got a league campaign for Ollie to focus on, which I think. Uh, you know, given the circumstances of this season, is probably probably a better thing to do. So, oh well, okay. So it's a lot of work over the next few days, and then see what the weekend brings. Mm-hmm. Decent magic. Well, I've not got I've not got much on either, mate, other than than work, a few a few things here and there, and then I'm off next week again. Birthday boy, your birthday, my turn. Going going into my thirtieth year, which means I'm still in my twenties. So just just hanging on. Just you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it with the grey hairs. Hmm. Yeah, they're starting to get there. Yeah, no, it's not great, is it? It's not great. Um, but yeah, so so that's me, mate. Yep. Right, well, uh, I, I'm sure we'll do this again next week. We'll have Champions League football to talk about. We'll have more Premier League, more Scottish Premiership football to talk about. All the exciting goals, stuff. Goals, goals, goals. Goals galore. And the international football is great, isn't it? Yeah. Peace! Peace! <laughs>